millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. If you love a man shouting angrily at a TV, you will love the start of today's podcast. (laughs) Because Andy wasn't particularly happy with the way England played. He's not the only one, to be fair. He's not an outlier on that front. So some Ashes Mayhem, which I know a lot of the listeners enjoyed. If you missed that, it's here for you. Uh, Mike uh, Mike Ward joined us with a bit of non-sporting TV chat. And Martin Kellner, of course, had it all covered. He'd been looking at all the documentaries and more, Mm. watching the cricket himself for a week of sport on TV. So all of that and more, here it is. Yes, it was great, wasn't it, watching that this morning? Tremendous. I've decided I'm not going to watch any of the screens, and when John comes on and gives us a report, I'm just going to go, la, 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 put my fingers in my ears. That'd be difficult, (laughs) because the mics might be live, and that might be a problem. You're going tomorrow. Yeah, great. Apparently, you're not allowed to shout at uh, Lords. I'll be shouting. (laughs) You're not allowed to shout at Lords? If I had been at Lords today, I would have stood up and said, congratulations to Harry Brook. You've just played the worst shot in Test match history. Yeah. Well played. It wasn't a corker, was it? So, Boyk's ball. We launch it today. Uh, They cut to Geoffrey Boycott in the stands and uh, look of incredulity on his face after some of the shots. They're laughing at us. They are laughing. England went from 188 for one in in such a... Stupid way. We're all watching it yesterday afternoon. You just can't play the situation. They bowl her down. They would have got tired. You know, if Kawaja was in, for example, and England had tried that, he'd have just played 10 overs of ducking. Mm. And then England would have been exhausted and then you could cash in. Oh, no, Mr. Macho. They've got to take it on. I'm sick of it. You've got to play the situation. I don't care what fast. Well, it's interesting. Dave from Telford says, I have no problem with the idea of playing more attacking cricket. Makes test cricket more appealing and actually plays to the strength of some of our best players. My issue is all about timing. When to play that brand of cricket, when to read the situation situation. and sit in for 20 or 30 balls and wear the bowlers down. You have to play a blend of the two, in my opinion, otherwise we'll just keep giving wickets away, trying to attack balls that should be left Dave. In a nutshell, basically. We've been the best team and they're on top and they're going to win this test match. Don't worry about that. There's no way England can win from here. It won't be a draw unless it rains. So that's a 2-0 down before you've even started. I think McGrath's right. I think playing like this, we will lose 5-0. Uh, mind you, is it a new rule in cricket? When you catch it, you can run it along the ground. Mm. Apparently, it is. I thought, I thought it was almost like he had a swipe card. Wasn't Honestly, <laughs> who's the third umpire? Anthony Taylor. One one angle looked like he grounded it. The other one didn't. Well, so, he I grounded mean, it. He grounded. Really, you could see he grounded we're, it. We're talking about Steve Smith last oh, night, aren't we? Of course. That. Not so that it's important. made particular material difference to yeah. what's gone on today. Really, only one player 
has been uh, has got out to a good ball. Stokes. Stokes, yeah. Every single person threw away their wicket. Yeah. Crawley yesterday afternoon. I mean, uh, <laughs> you just sit there with your mouth and you think, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why, why do you think that's the right way to play? It's, yeah. Uh, honestly, personally, um, I've had enough of it. <laughs> and also, if I was a British broadcasting organisation, I wouldn't use any Australians. <laughs> Who needs to hear from them? I don't need to hear from them. At some point, you've got Ponting and Mel Jones, and you've got uh, Glenn McGrath gloating and goading. You think, who needs this? I don't need this. <laughs> if they want to cover it, get their own coverage. <laughs> Go and play up your own end. Really? I haven't, got a, I haven't got a problem with that, Andy, I must say. I, don't I, know. I think you've, you've become a bit... You've got a bit, you've got a bit mad, Andy. Well, I think I, you, you've, you've been, you've been wandering around the office shouting inanimate objects. <laughs> it's all been very odd today. It's just like a bloke, at, mad bloke at a bus stop. <laughs> very odd. Anyway, we'll try and rein him in and get... I don't. Maybe we won't get a more considered take from Steve Harmison. I'll be very surprised if... Look, I mean, he, he's a level head. He's been in an England dressing room. He can maybe give us a bit of insight... But uh, some of the shots today that got England players Harry, out from Harry position Brooke, of strength. I mean, seriously, what you don't want, and unfortunately, what's going to happen is you'll go back in the dressing room and the coach will say to him, oh, never mind, Harry, that was great effort. You know, that's the way to play. Instead of saying to him, if you ever play a shot like that again in a test match, you're never playing for England ever again. In fact, you're going to be forced to leave cricket. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I don't think he no. has that kind of control. I think that's restraint of trade, Andy. You, you probably haven't But you know what I mean. Part, I mean, he needs telling off, not encouraging yeah. to play like that. That was just stupid. I, see, I mean, I think you're worse on cricket than you are Chelsea because at least there's an element of reason and control about your Chelsea rant. Yeah. The England rants are are just ridiculous. Well, it's a slightly different situation here. Uh, England are the better team and just throwing it away continually in the first two games uh, to go two nil down. Whereas Chelsea, I, I kind of you know accepted that under Abramovich it was great and when he left at the transitional period and you know and looking at it and what's going on a bit on, more stoic about you know, a bit that, more stoic. I don't my expectations are much much lower I mean if Chelsea finish between 8th and 10th next season yeah I think that'll be an improvement well it will be an improvement because they were pathetic last year right. and that's about the, what you'd expect okay. whereas I thought going into this series England could really do well in the Ashes, and so it's massively disappointing. It makes it much worse, doesn't the it? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Anything you want to talk about, Andy? Yes, uh, Porsche, the uh, German car company, yep. not the plumbers, celebrated the sports car success yesterday after becoming Europe's most valuable car brand. Mm. Uh, the business, which last year hired tennis star Emma Raducanu as an ambassador for its 911 model. I've come up with a great slogan for them there. It says, breaks down less than Emma Raducanu. <laughs> Andy, you've been very unsympathetic to Emma Raducanu. <laughs> Young girl, <laughs> suffering lots of injuries, a bit more sympathy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, did you see this story, by mm. the way? Um, all the uh, the heads of football leagues from around the world have come together and and 61% of them said they would welcome hearing the VAR conversations between the officials, the refs and video referees, mm. in their particular leagues. Uh, they would like to see that live. So maybe with a majority of uh, the world leagues thinking that. I thought what was very interesting, though, was uh, it, it, they said uh, the league bosses were split on whether all communication between referees and players and team benches should also be broadcast. Oh, so not them then. Yeah. Not hearing them effing and jeffing at the officials <laughs> yeah. or the uh, or Jose and the like having mm. a pop at them all. They don't want any of that. They just want the officials well, hung out to yeah, dry. Yeah, well, you don't want that either, really. No. It's not It's not good. I think we'd all like to hear mm. it, though. Wouldn't yeah. we live? It'd be fantastic. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen any royal documentary uh, about the late Queen or Prince Philip or yeah. uh, the 
the history of them or the crown. Oh, yeah. It always features the same woman. She's a friend of the Queen, Lady Anne Glencona. Do you know this woman? No, I don't. No, no. Shall I look her up? Every single... She's been in every single documentary there's ever been on the royal family. Lady Anne Glencona. Let's and, have a look. There and, she is. Uh, they're set to uh, turn her life story into a TV show. And it oh, says, yeah. wherever her show is aired... I'm sure she'll enjoy enjoy finally being in the limelight. I think you've got to be joking. There's not been a royal show ever where she's not been in it. Well, You're she's in. She's an ITK. She's the Fabrizio <laughs> Romero, the she Alex is. Crook of the royal family. Yeah, la- lady. Breaking royal news. <laughs> lady Anne Glencona understands. Yes, that's right. It could be one of those. Yeah, talking of royal news, uh, the Duke of Kent, Colonel in Chief. He loves cr- the, he loves cricket. Oh, sorry, he loves tennis, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, the lawn the lawn Scots. You yep. thought that was L-A-W-N, Andy Murray. Oh, OK, <laughs> fair enough. It's, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a regiment. And uh, what a surprise, the bloke who uh, got carried off by Bairstow is an elite guy that goes to Oxbridge and his dad runs a 45, 4.5 billion uh, asset company. It's fantastic. You'd never have thought that, would you? You think he was going to be on the bins, did you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He lives around the corner from where <laughs> you used to live, Andy. <laughs> Mind you, I won't be sorry. <laughs> no, he's probably, I, I won't be sorry if they actually stop the Wimbledon. And the, I could quite like to see an orange centre court. Are you going to? You're going out. Who's selling him the orange paint? No <laughs> yeah, one's answered that question yet. Know, really? Yeah. Some kids doing well. We've been making that mm. point yesterday. Uh, anything else? I have surprised myself about how much I've enjoyed uh, Gods of Tennis. Yeah. Uh, this is the um, mm. the series, isn't it, that uh, delves into the BBC archive and tells <laughs> some of the great stories of tennis of the 70s and beyond. Yeah, they were great characters. The first one's about Arthur Ashe and uh, yeah. Billie Jean King yeah. and changed society as well as changed tennis. And last night's one that I watched was uh, uh, McEnroe and Borg. And it's just fascinating, you know. I'm not saying it, it was better because I didn't even like tennis in those days, but yeah. there, there were better characters, I think, than, than yeah. now. More I, interesting. Before we chat to John Norman, we're going to have a quick chat with him at uh, at Lords very shortly. Before that, I just want to alert you: if you fancy taking in a game of football and you're down in the Portsmouth area, there's a fundraiser tonight for a young seven-year-old boy called Lenny. Lenny has been going through a very aggressive round of chemotherapy. He has, uh, he has uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, say seven years old, and uh, Lenny and his family have really been put through it recently. And the good people at United Minds FC uh, want to try and raise as much money as they can. So when Lenny is uh, through that, uh, him and his family can go off uh, to Disneyland. So if you would like to go and see a game of football tonight, it's a £5 minimum donation, all going to Lenny's Fund. It's at Wesley Park, uh, where Haven and Waterlooville play their football, near Portsmouth. And it's a 7.30 kickoff, so uh, go and support a great cause. And we wish uh, Lenny well and well done to the guys at uh, United Minds FC for putting that on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Anyway, Martin Kellner, squad number nine, joins us now. Good afternoon, Martin. I was very much enjoying the cricket. As uh, I'm, I'm fairly depressed by what's gone on this morning, but um, not quite as depressed as Andy. No, Andy's and going I, tomorrow. He's going to. He's going to be there. He's going to be a brooding presence in the stands. <laughs> a brooding presence. He will be. But you'll hear me. Oh <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah, like, he's the only one. <laughs> he's he's going to shout. What he says. I've got a good one when I go to Lords when the England player gets out and they're walking towards the pavilion. I just shout. Keep walking. Yeah. <laughs> I've sat there with him. We're in the debenture seats. A mate of ours had the old posh seats, got them from an uncle or something. And we're sitting there. And he's shouting to he's shouting to a player. I'll spare his blushes because he's a mate of ours now. That's how much Andy turns. He's saying, rather than keep walking, he's saying, get another job, mate. Get another job. <laughs> Career insurance. Oh, yeah, just... 
Top terrible, embarrassing. There's all these blokes, you know, giving right <laughs> dirty looks. Anyway, Martin, have you been watching the cricket coverage? I've been watching all the cricket coverage. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, it really is. Mm. I mean, Michael Atherton has to be the best pundit. Mm on any sport, on any TV channel, I think. Uh, and obviously, the pundits on Sky, a little less forthright than Andy. Um, we <laughs> Far had, too many um, Australians. Oh, well, not Australians, that's good. I think, yeah. you know, minority people ought to be including sports <laughs> coverage, <laughs> women, Australians, those sort of people. <laughs> you know, but I, I do like Mel Jones and uh, Mark Taylor, I think is good as well. Uh, and it's uh, like I say, it's a great lineup. And for somebody who's not as schooled in cricket as you are, Andy, you get a sort of bal more balanced view. Because mm. I was watching um, Nas Hussain saying that you know England lacked a bit of intensity on the first day, and then I had to go out. I got in the car. And you come on saying, oh, Australia won't have to bat again. And uh, it's absolute disaster. And, you, you know, it's that, well, as uh, as Paul said, it's thinking in the yang. Yeah. <laughs> so you get a bit of both. So, yeah, yeah now, yeah. so I'm really enjoying the cricket. And, you know, these... Kawaj is brilliant to watch. Um, Warner, we know about, he's playing a more sort of traditional, I suppose, what we associate, uh, associate with the cricket before, you know, pre-Basball and all that era. So it's all good to watch. I'm enjoying it. Good. Um, let's mm. turn then to uh, a documentary, a Sky Main event, Standing Firm, Football's Windrush Story. Yeah, this this was a, this was quite a good documentary. It's uh, oh, no, sorry, it's on ITV. I do apologise. That, that was ITV one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you will find it now on ITVX. Okay. Um, I mean, they were, they like to keep quiet about ITVX. They only <laughs> advertise it every ten minutes. Yeah. But anyway, it's <laughs> it is on ITVX. You'll find it there. Uh, and it was rather good. There was a whole sort of raft of programmes when it was Windrush Day, you know, mm. the anniversary mm. of the 19, um, 1948, was yeah. it? No, yeah. That's 19, right, the first, yeah, the first ship. Yeah, yeah the first ship coming over. And uh, Tyrone Mings's, uh, his dad's parents came over uh, from Barbados. Um, home of the Calypso, of course, Barbados as well. Mm. Um, you know, not Jamaica, people, the only true Calypso comes from Barbados. Uh, and there was a bit of uh, Lord Kitchener. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Which yeah. I, yeah, Lord Kitchener. <clears throat> London is mm. the place for me. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, some fascinating footage in, in this document. It was all fairly familiar, I have to say. But we heard from the, you know, the people you want to hear from, Viv Anderson, Laurie Cunningham, uh, Ricky Hill, uh, and various people who've got... And we, the, there was a sort of montage sequence of the of the racism that um, infested football grounds during the 1970s, but they didn't overdo it. You know, we'd, we were familiar uh, with, with the story. Uh, and the interviews, very, you know, excellent interviews. Tyrone Mings, very impressive as well. Um, and one thing that, that I hadn't... That I'd sort of forgotten about the Windrush generation is how smartly dressed mm. a lot of them were, you know, as they got mm. off the boats. They nearly all had uh, shirts and ties, you know, and uh, quite smart jackets yeah, and everything. Yeah, smart suits, yeah, that, those yeah. first images, yeah, I remember. Absolutely, yeah. And, and there was a, a clip of uh, Enoch Powell's uh, Rivers of Blood speech, which, 1968 that was, after all these years, still chilling. Yes. Uh, and yeah. um, more, um, you know, better to see was the clips of uh, Clyde Best, who was an early yeah. influence on uh, quite mm. a few of the players. Brendan Batson was... Uh, was on the show as well. Yeah, West Ham so, were real pioneers at that point. I mean, they, they, had, a, they had a they number. Were. They not necessarily first, but they had a number of they had a number of black players, didn't they? West Ham at a time when other clubs didn't. 
Yeah, yeah. and uh, I can't remember the very slightly built African forward uh, West Ham. Addy Coker. Yeah, yeah. Remember him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, remember him. Yeah, he had a little, he had the two or three games where he was absolutely, didn't quite happen yeah, for him, like but Clyde he Best had a couple of big, yeah, Clyde Best was, he came over and Clyde saw Best us a great. few years ago, he was brilliant, yeah, it was great was to see him, yeah, yeah. A great player, and deceptive, mm. because he, he always mm. seemed to be so casual. Um, but uh, but a very effective forward and a uh, big influence on a lot of the black players. Um, you know, who later and the Charles brothers, who were both at the West Ham. The Charles brothers they? as well. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so pioneers in, in that front. Um, so, um, that Peter Crouch film on Prime Video, what have yeah, you made of this? I mean... Uh, it's it's watchable. It's very watchable because it's such <laughs> high a, praise it's, indeed. Oh yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's no, it's a great story. But they all those tropes that we've now seen in these documentaries, mm. which this one's on Amazon Prime, that Peter Crouch film. But all those tropes that we've seen about you know setting up the cameras and yep. uh, sitting down and what's this documentary going to be all about? Soft focus, clapperboard shot that comes into yeah, focus. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Um, meta. I think you. I think mm, it's meta, yeah. isn't it? When you do all that. Um, uh, but Peter Crouch is so likable, and he's so he's so sort of overcome. Um, you know, you think of people with with difficulties, but mm. you don't think that much of people who are tall and gangly. And you look at all the footage they've got of him as a kid, and you know damn well that people on the sidelines are going to say, "Oh, that tall, gangly kid, he's never going to make a footballer." Yeah. Well, he's even, never going to make a. Footballer. He was in like Spurs under eighteen team or something, mm, and you'd see mm. pictures in the program you think wow okay that's going to be interesting um yeah. but yeah and he didn't quite happen for him at spurs and they had to buy him back in the end yeah. but no he had a he's he had, had a very good he career. had a fantastic, fantastic career, career. Yeah. i mean post career reinventing himself that, that's not an easy thing to do he's done very well absolutely as i mean the program says um that footballer peter crouch mm. has become one of britain's mm. most popular entertainers mm. and i yeah. thought well that's sort of overstated i mean he's not roy castle is he <laughs> but it's one for the kids yeah, one for the kids i'd love to see him i'd love to see him playing the trumpet on kids TV <laughs> um, but how he became a national treasure again slightly overstating it mm. is a curiously tall story uh, sorry a seriously cu- uh, tall story um, but it's you know it's fun to watch because he's a, he's a sort of fun guy and he and what he's done yeah. from that position he was in as a kid and he, and he talks about how because I watched um, what's the guy called Steve Bartlett who yeah. does the business podcast oh, yeah. Yeah, Dragons. Yeah, and, mm. yeah, and he had uh, Richard Osman on, mm. and Richard Osman was saying, you know, when you talk and you think of Richard Osman, the success he's had as a as a producer and now as a presenter and everything, you don't think, uh, and as novelist, obviously, you don't think that he's had to overcome all those difficulties. And as he says, it's a form of body shaming. Yeah, you know all that stuff you sure, say to yeah, tall yeah. people. Oh, what's the weather like up there, mate? Yeah. Mm. Etc. Etc. Mm. Is a form of body shaming, and you know it's a sort of drip, 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 drip effect that it had on uh, Peter Crouch as well. It's so the same if you're short. That's is right, Randy really? Newman, yeah. it is, isn't it? Well, honestly, <laughs> yeah. oh, really. I mean, you know, it's very... Yeah. Well, I, 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 I once well. asked Andy the music he once played as, as uh, we carry his coffin uh, down the centre of the church, and he wants... I wish it were a little <laughs> bit taller. The church would be a problem. Oh, yeah, well, the church. Maybe not the church. <laughs> Maybe not the church. And his family aren't no. here. They're in the other place. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's live via satellite at the other place. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought that through. But, yeah, I wish it were a little bit taller you want played, don't you? Now, I have discovered a cemetery, though, that right opposite where we live. Oh, that's handy. That it, it's a Christian cemetery. Mm. and a beautiful old church. There is one Jewish person buried there. 
Who is it? Blimey. Max Steele, his name is. Do you know why he's there? I, I don't. Well, he was with his buried with his wife. Who, oh, okay. Who wasn't Jewish. So. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So I'll, I'll be here. Well, look, this is all, got, a it's all got a bit maudly. <laughs> it has um, got a bit. You know, so, I'm trying to avoid talking about uh, mortality you yeah. know, for the time being. I've got, I've got these kidney stones I've mentioned, though. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, Martin, you're back overnight, aren't you? Yes, indeed I am. Should I survive, I will be back um, over. If I'm spared, yes. I'll be back uh, overnight at 1 a.m. 1 a.m., taking you through the and night with Thanks his... for the tip off of Gods of Tennis. I've really yeah, enjoyed Martin, it. Uh, yeah, he's enjoying watching old tennis. You really have. Oh, that's great. Tennis is a really yeah. good series. I've been watching a bit of Eastbourne as well, oh, which okay. I suspect Andy hasn't. No, that's no, a, that's that's you know when you get the, yeah. when you get the <laughs> cricket on Sky, it's all former England captains and mm. uh, you know top Australian players. Mm. When you get the pundits on Eastbourne, yeah. uh, they put on the the, uh, the graphic underneath tells you why they're there, mm. and you've got that former world number seventy nine. Uh, I thought right, I really want to know what the former world number seventy nine has to say <laughs> about that backhand. But there you go. Cheers, Martin. We'll hear from you tonight. Cheers. Okay, no. uh, Cheers, 1am, uh, Martin returns, taking you through the night, uh, overnight tonight and indeed tomorrow on Extra Time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. Now, when Andy Goldstein popped in yesterday to do his little handover with us, mm. uh, he was after your f- uh, football manager stories. And he hit myself and Charlie with a bombshell that the next edition of Football Manager 2024 would be the last one. I know. We were like, no, yeah. surely not. I know, I was listening, I was shocked. Yeah. Um, well, I think he had to put that right and, and tell us why. Um, he's the director of football manager, Watford fan, friend of the show, Miles Jacobson. Hi, Miles. Hello, Paul, and hello, Andy. Hi, Miles. It, let's, let's get this because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking you're kidding, but it's look, it's it's going to change, but it, it still will exist. Uh, yes, Andy Goldstein definitely got it wrong yesterday. It's oh. one of those things of reading one paragraph of a blog <laughs> rather than the whole of the blog. <laughs> um, oh so, so FM24 um, is the end of an era in that we've been working on the current uh, series of Football Manager for 20 years. 
Um, so it will be the last. It's a love letter to football, last of the current uh, way of doing things. And then for FM25, uh, we're ramping everything up to 11, as Spinal Tap would say. Mm. Um, and uh, new graphics engine, uh, lots of changes to the game. So it's uh, the first time we've done what we call a proper sequel for, for 20 years. Um, but we think the time is right to do that. And it will also include the addition of women's football to the game as well. So yeah. Um, yeah. plus loads more besides. So, um, so yeah, a, a kind of new beginning for us, the start of a new era coming directly after the end of an era. But um, no, we're definitely not giving up um, on, uh, on making games and we'll be, pretty crazy to do that given fm23 has been our most successful game to date we've got over five million players so um so yeah we want to carry on entertaining people for many years to come so a new dawn for uh football manager if you're keeping with the spinal tap reference it's your jazz odyssey isn't it basically miles this one it, it, um uh, before we go on the, before we go on to the women's football um i don't know what the heck i'm talking about from a technology point of view but I'm sure, does, is, is the world of AI starting to feed into what you do? I don't know, we're talking about AI a lot, but if, if you think about Football Manager, it is one giant piece yeah. of our yeah. intelligence. Um, I'm just know, wondering what... how the game will develop, though, as that develops, and it's coming on leaps and bounds, isn't it? How that may change the game. It is, and we think it will be a very, very useful tool for us, but mm. there's nothing, nothing to reveal at this stage, okay. so... Um, yeah, FM24 will will not have um, ChatGPT taking over. Your <laughs> um, but who knows what the future holds on that score? <clears throat> um, but yeah, FM24, basically business as usual. And then FM25, completely new user interface, completely new graphics engine. Um, without boring the talk sport listeners uh, too much for changing changing the engine that we use underneath the game, which is what powers everything, basically, mm. um, and moving to some more advanced technology to be able to do that. Okay. When, um, when you're planning a radical change like this, do you consult with the fans? Do you sort of get a lot of feedback to think what people want, or are you just confident that basically you know what people want? Well, this is something that we've been working on internally now for for three years and discussing even longer than that. Um, and we do do a lot of user surveys. Mm -hmm. um, we have our uh, our system called FMFC, which has over half a million members that allows us to talk to people more directly. But we're also looking completely anonymously at the way that people play the game. So we have a lot of data of on what screens people go to, what graphic settings they use um, inside the game that has definitely helped steer it. But ultimately, it's it's a technology decision. Our tech was getting a little bit old and um, we needed to work out what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. I think in radio, in radio sense, when I first listened to Talk Sport, you were on medium wave. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're now on digital, mm -hmm. you're online. Mm -hmm. um, it's... Sounds a lot better. Everything's yeah. a lot crisper. Um, you can even watch you, yes. uh, watch you doing it. So it's a similar thing for us. Just we were on medium wave, and now we're moving over to digital. But just a quick one on the women's uh, side. To say you're going to be introducing women's football. I take it you know you've you, you've been compiling all the data that's been more readily available. I just wondered if we're in a situation already or will be, because everybody always says you know Emma Hayes should be in charge of a uh, men's team. So I mean, uh, why? I mean, will you be in a position to to do that? Have women managers charge of the men's team, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? 
Well, Emma's actually been in FM for a while now. Oh, so, right. she, so she has taken over men's teams inside Football Manager. Hmm. This is more... Uh, so, yes, you will be able to do that. It will all live in one game world. So you will be able to seamlessly move from men's football to women's football and back again, or not. If you want to play just women's football, play just men's football, that's fine as well. Um, it's about giving people the choice. And, you know, we've been part of the problem um, with uh, with women's football and the amount of coverage that it gets. And we are late to the party on this one. It's about time that we did something about it. Again, we've been working on this for a while um, and delighted to be able to say that at some point during the FM25 cycle, um, women's football will be coming to Football Manager. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's good to know that the game lives on. Uh, good to talk to you, Miles. We'll catch up with you soon. Mm. Thanks for having me. There we are, Miles Jacobson there, Director of Football Manager. And, um, yeah, the, the game, don't worry. Don't he's, panic. It continues. He's an expert cook, you know. You Is know, he? I know that, yeah. He makes his own sushi. Does he really? Yeah. Wow, incredible. Pop round. Looking forward to the game. Sushi chef manager. That's, yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah, he really is. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Uh, so, um, if you can squeeze in some non-sporting telly, then Mike Ward, Brighton Hove, Albion supporting Mike Ward, from the start, is your man. Good afternoon, Mike. Afternoon, guys. Mm. Now, um, normally we have a great big... We have It's a bit... It's a bit a bit lean at the moment, isn't it? Lean. Slim, slim pickings. Slim pickings. I'm not talking about blazing saddles. I feel that most weeks at the moment. Yeah, to be this is quite slim pickings. So uh, we have, yeah, sorry. To be fair, obviously mm. you've got Wimbledon coming up. You've yeah. got the cricket and everything, and it's the summer, and it's to you know. It's always traditionally a, a, a difficult time to find anything that really sets the pulse racing. You know, the stuff during and weekends especially get very samey, don't they? Mm. Weekend, weekend telly gets very samey. Um, we have got Hijack yeah. on Apple mm. TV, which is uh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba's new thing. It's an eight-part mm. um, uh, thriller. The titles are pretty <laughs> heavy clue as to the, the content. It's not him saying hello to a friend called Jack. Clearly, it's not. No, no. no, it's actually very. It's it's really good. It's on Apple TV, as you say. It mm. started. Uh, I say started. Two, the first two episodes arrived on Wednesday and Apple do this thing which is a bit like the old fashioned sort of way of watching telly they don't give you all the episodes at once yeah. to binge on so they, you, one drops per week uh, but basically he plays a guy who goes on board this plane travelling from Dubai to Heathrow uh, it gets hijacked, as you can probably expect. And it's a bit like, you know, when you've watched all those sort of air, airplane and airport disaster movies mm. over over the decades, the first thing you do as a viewer is you you sort of cast your eye over the passengers and decide to make up your mind who looks dodgy or who looks sort of, you know, mm. who's going to be the person to do such and such. Who do you find really irritating from the start? He is a sort of cool character, but we don't, and quite enigmatic, we don't know much about him. So when the whole thing kicks off, his behaviour, mm. without giving too much away, is a little sort of confusing. We're not really quite sure where he's coming from. All we know is that he's a negotiator in his in his day job. In business, he negotiates big business deals, etc. So he brings some part of that personality to his dealings with these with these um, uh, um, hijackers. But it's left on a cliffhanger at the end of the second episode. We'll we'll not know where it goes beyond that. But it's it's well worth a look. It's one of those one of the few things I've watched, and I really do want to watch the rest of it. Oh, so, good. Uh, that's oh, a, I can't say that. Sounds that's good. A, you know. Good recommendation. Yeah. Not going out continues. Um, for a show they wanted to cancel after two series. Yeah. It's it's series. it's, it's one series. I think. Uh, was it only one series? Mm. No, I think it's a bit it, more than one. But it, it was mm. very. It's a long time ago, wasn't yeah. it? It was almost like they sort of thought, oh, that's ideas run out of steam. It's a very different show now. Yeah, although, absolutely, it's the, evolved a lot. Yeah. It's a completely different 
sort of set up, albeit with the same sort of comic sort of sensibilities at the core of it. Is you know, it's still very much Lee. I watched but it last week. It's funny. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's funny. funny. Yeah. That helps. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, you know, in all seriousness, sometimes when I sit down and I pick stuff to watch and write about, I'm finding it really hard these days to find anything that isn't miserable or gloomy or preachy or, or, or whatever. There's, there's quite a snobby attitude to this, you know. Yeah, there is, absolutely. And this oh, is I just... It's un- but it's also, you know, it, 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 it makes it look effortless and you know the writing is far from effortless on this thing. To make it look that effortless takes real craft. So, uh, it's true. you know, I could appreciate it on that level as well. Um, on Saturday, uh, TalkSport regular often pops up uh, with uh, the guys on Drive. Noel Gallagher. Yes. It's a, it's a bit of a Noel Gallagher night, isn't it? it Oasis is night on BBC Two. Very much so. Uh, yeah, obviously happy boy at the moment. This is uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds at Later with Jules Holland, which mm. is the latest series, the uh, 9,000th series, whatever, comes to an end with this one-off special, which is just him, uh, obviously recorded a while back because I think he's on tour in the States at the moment. Um, but him doing stuff in the new album, Council Skies, loads of old stuff, sitting with Jules, having one of, one of Jules' in-depth penetrating interviews. Um, and then afterwards, there's a repeat of the real stories, RWL stories that he did with um, Dermot O'Leary, where he sort of looks back on the stuff, clips from Top of the Pops, uh, The Word even, etc. And then there's a Top of the Pops Oasis special that's about 25 years old following that. So you can, if you fancy a bit of that, you can indulge the whole evening. You've picked out a wait. Oh, sorry, Andy. You to... I was going to say, I quite like the change. I've been quite enjoying that. Paul Whitehouse. Bridget Christie and Bridget Omid Christie Jelenia. series. Yeah, Paul Omid. Whitehouse. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't really uh, I quite like that. And also, Frothy Nonsense, but Riches. Have you seen that show? I haven't seen it. That's no. quite a good sort of... Yeah, it's ITV Friday nights, isn't it? Dynasty-ish, but yeah. you know, oh, okay. that's my idea. Right, Frothy Nonsense. They'll yeah, put that on the DVD. Something well, isn't, is. something isn't Frothy Nonsense. Fun. Sunday night, Channel 4, 9 o'clock, Evacuation. The yeah. hard-hitting documentary. Absolutely. I'll be honest, I haven't watched any of this yet, but it's three-parter. It goes out at nine o'clock on Sunday night, Monday and Tuesday. It's basically very much people telling the personal story of, of the evacuation of Kabul from mm. their own experiences, MOD footage, etc., etc. And it's it's one of those things from what I can establish where, you know, you really begin to understand the realities of something which so often, you know, when you see these things portrayed in dramas, albeit hard hitting, this is the reality of it. And these people are clearly scarred, you know, by a lot of what they experienced. Uh, have a good weekend. Thanks Cheers, very guys. much. Thanks, All Mike. the best, Mike. That's mm. Mike Ward there from uh, the start. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's show as it all unfolded. We'll mm. return. I'm on going to Monday. America till the end of the ashes. Is that what you're definitely going to get out of the country? Where there's no coverage of it. No, okay. Well, good luck with that. So, uh, on, if he doesn't, he'll be with us on uh, Monday. Do hope you can join us too. If not, the podcast will be available as always at around four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.